Welcome to the Niches You. My name is Matt Gottesman at Matt Gottesman on Instagram, and this is my daily podcast where I create short, quick hitting episodes to help you uncomplicate life, creativity, and the pursuit of your highest self. There's only main character energy here. Now let's get into it. Welcome to episode 79. What will you do with the money? I want to have a conversation about money and we're going to probably have several conversations, several episodes about money because I want to rip the bandaid off because sometimes it's very uncomfortable for people to talk about it. You have any number of things that come up. You have scarcity, you have comparison, you have, uh, you know, just the overarching desire that if I have it, then I can validate myself. You have, um, uh, you know, the, the metric to give you meaning, uh, you know, that you won't feel a certain way until you have it. And um, the reason this topic came up, what will you do with the money, is actually from um, a post that I saw Zach Pogrob online post um, when he was talking about uh, just some different points. And one that came up was a point that he found from Ryan Holiday, the author Ryan Holiday. uh, And he wrote 31 lessons I've learned about money. And he took an excerpt from there and put this into his uh, newsletter. And I was like, you know, I like that. I want to have a conversation about that. I then clicked on the link of 31 Lessons I've Learned About Money from Ryan Holiday, and I saw the 31 Lessons, and I plucked about 12 other ones out of there that I also want to have a talk about with. Now, to tee up this conversation, something that I want to mention is the following. I remember years ago, years ago, uh, probably about four or five, I shouldn't say like it was that long ago, but it was about four or five years ago, I heard a, an entrepreneur say something of uh, a you know, fairly successful entrepreneur in this world, um, and I'll, I'll leave it at that. And I, you know how I feel about success. I, I don't want to throw that out there as um, successful for what he was trying to achieve, right? And um, he said a really great point. He said, all right, great. That's, that's great. You want $100 million. Uh, and he said this to me that you're saying this to like a, as an example, when he was on stage speaking, he said, that's great. You want $100 million. What will you do with it? What do you want the $100 million for? And I love that he posed that question because money, like anything else, is a relationship. It's not to be scared of. It's to be understood. And um, why I like that he asked that question is because what happens, you get a lot of people say, I want some arbitrary number. And what they're also sometimes saying is that arbitrary number will make me feel X, will validate me Y, I will then have freedom, I will then do this, I will then that, you know, all these other things. Whereas he's posing the question, he said, I'd much rather hear what it is that you would actually do with the money to get an idea of what you would do with the money, like why you really want it. And he's like, and if you take time to think about that, one, do you really need the 100 million? (laughs) I think it's because he asked somebody in the crowd and somebody said, threw out an arbitrary number. He's like, great, he's like, why do you want the 100 million? And so, um, because if you make it just about the money and you don't actually know what you would do with it, that's something to think about because maybe you want the the money out of an arbitrary feeling and it will never produce the feeling because you're using that to bring it. And the feeling is, has to come from an internal second. It's a great question because people who really do know what they would do with the money, that's beautiful. Because you have an idea, and I don't mean like, oh, I'll buy it on these cars, or I'll buy it on these homes. Like, no, 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 no. Like, that's not what he was asking. Like, 
I have found most people who know what they would do with different amounts of money, it's because they're in the game, and I'll give you a perfect example, they're in the game and uh, of whatever it is that they are creating. And, and often the times why they don't take investor money, or if they do, that's a different, we'll get to that here point later on in the, this, this episode, but, um, you know, they already know what they, they're already building. So they already know where the, where different money that comes in will go to it and how to expand what they're already doing. Okay. And I'll give you an example, personal example. I had a friend who's also an investor, uh, not in with me, just he's generally an investor. And we were on this discussion last year over lunch and we were talking about uh, a media and digital uh you know company that was invested in and i said you know what are they um you know what are they expanding on where they putting the money into and you know i'll leave out the details and it was um you know and i said you know it's interesting i i'd be more this person asked me for my advice what would you be interested in if you were investing and i said well what's working with the company and what's not what would i remove and what of the services that are actually working really well that you can then double down on and bring even more efficiency into um so you can scale those initiatives better and um you know and in less time with greater output and with you know good help and good talent you know not just trying to catch up by taking care of debts right and so this person was like that's actually a really good point then posed the question to me, what would you do with X thousands of dollars? And I said, you know, that's a funny question uh, uh, because I don't necessarily need investor money for my uh, media and endeavors, business endeavors right now. And so the question was like, okay, we, you know, what would you need? I was like, see, that's, that's a great question that you would ask any person. I'm like, for me, the funny thing is, is that amount wouldn't even ever be needed. I need a fraction of that. If, if we were talking about today at that moment of what I need, I was like, I need a fraction of that. And it would go into this, 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 and this, which all expand this, this, and this, which gets me probably a return of this, this, and this. And I would be able to do this, this, and this. It was instant. I knew what I would do with the money. And that was just an, in, a, in an investment of my businesses. That wasn't anything else. That was, you know, and the cool part is my businesses are actually a big part of my, my, um, my purpose and my life because I love what I do with the, with the media. And so that does actually have profound impact in the bigger picture. Now I want you guys, as you're listening to this and before I get into Ryan Holiday's other points that were unrelated, but kind of related, it's good to think about these things. Here are a few questions I want you to think about. What would you really do with the money? Like, how are you earning money now? Do you like how you're earning money? Are there other ways to earn money? Um, that are um, within your within integrity and honor and respect. Um, do you earn from what you love? Would you like to earn from what you love? Um, if you uh, receive money for in any capacity, whether it's your current job or with something you love or however, um, how are you managing it? Uh, if you were to suddenly have more of it, what would you like to do with it specifically? whether in personal or in business. And you know, and when I say business, meaning like, you know, does it go towards an organization that you would like to build around a cause? Uh, or does it expand your current endeavors of something that you're really into? And, and then what are those costs? When you get more into the nitty gritty from the doing, you have a different kind of relationship with money than just an arbitrary, I want, it, I want a number and then I'm gonna retire. Like retiring doesn't exist in my opinion because it's like, you're not gonna retire from life. So. So I want you to think about those questions, okay? And, you know, and I love when I get asked that question because for me, 
um, I know with what I'm building now, it's it's like it's so detailed. And then if someone were to say, well, what would you do with 100 million? If they were even to pose that question to me, I'm like, here are the different areas and percentages of where I think that that money would go. Um, you know, here's how it would go with family. Here's how it would go with um, the future of creativity and education of what I would like to build from an organization. Here's where it would go with my own endeavors, you know, and, and here's how I would invest. And I, I took time to look into all the avenues of the things that are alignment with my soul and how I would be responsible and... You know, and the funny part is, is most of that uh, would even be really, um, you know, savings and investments. It's uh, very conservatively because I already, I'm comfortable already where I where how where I am, um, and it's not from a, uh, saying that from a financial standpoint. I'm saying that like I'm in the game producing from work that is in alignment with my soul and my purpose. So it's it's consistently having its own growth, and as it's needing expansion. I can add financially to it what I need to, if that makes sense, right? Okay, so I want to talk about some of these other points to round out this episode that he brought up. Again, it's you can Google Ryan Holiday, 31 Lessons I've Learned About Money. The, the topic you were really saying is, what will you do with the money? And I took out about 12 other points that Ryan said in his uh, list that I really appreciated. Number one, I've never met a person who ever reached, quote unquote, their number. You know, people say, when I hit X million, I'll be good. They say, once I have X year's salary in the bank, I'll be good. No one ever seems to get to that number. We're never, quote unquote, good because we move the goalposts. I loved that he brought that one up because there's nothing wrong with having goals and, and, and metrics for tracking purposes. But if you are looking for them to deliver validation and a feeling, you will grossly be disappointed because the feeling has to be internal. Um, and if you're constantly chasing a number to be comfortable, it will forever keep moving. Whereas if how you are feeling rooted and grounded in yourself in your daily activities in how you are managing things around you in taking in um, the grace and the blessings that are happening now and feeling like that's enough again i'm not talking about not striving for goals just so you guys are aware of that i love having goals we've already talked about the one three five one goal three priorities five strategies per priority stick to doing the tasks every single day you're going to meet the priorities and the priorities will inevitably bring the goal the money will follow what i'm saying is is that like if you're constantly trying to validate how you feel by reaching a certain number that goal post will continue to keep moving okay so Number two on uh, Ryan's points, Seneca said that poverty isn't having to, wasn't having too little, it was wanting more. He wasn't talking about poor people, he was talking about rich people. He was talking about people who are insatiable. Rich, quote unquote, is having enough. So think about that with money too, right? Um, if you get trapped with, I need more, I need more, I need more, I need more, I need more. How are you ever understanding the present? My lifestyle doesn't change as I earn more. I love what I'm doing and I want to keep bringing more of that. So I might make adjustments here and there. But um, 
you know, if you are constantly chasing more to validate being, I'd be careful of that. What will you do with the money? Maybe the money that comes doesn't necessarily need to be giving more in the sense of like chasing more and having more things and wanting more. It could just be that it solidifies more of how you're already currently living, right? Again, nothing wrong with having more things as a byproduct of the rewards, but be careful not to attach your identity to the more. Number three, he wrote, my work is unpredictable and even success comes in the form of lump payments. So when it comes to savings and investing, I have always favored things that are dependable. He said, my wife and I invested quite a bit in different real estate things over the years with the idea of being to eventually create enough annual income that we could be independent from entrepreneurial or artistic decisions. This strategy is not for everyone, but it worked for us. I could stop writing tomorrow and know the spigot isn't going to be turned off. I want you to think about money also in the way of um, how would you diversify it? How, would, how else would you like to earn? Um, I agree with him on assets. Um, you have to be very careful. It's, I, th I look at like, what would you do with the money? How would you create more consistency? If money were to come to you tomorrow, what would you do to create even more consistency? Or right now, what would you do to create consistency to bring more money tomorrow? So think about that on both ends of the spectrum. What I mean by consistency is that I have learned that if you diversify different cash flow, different ways to earn money from what you do, um, and that works for you. So nowadays with technology, and we've talked about this, that can be done in a multitude of ways. Let's say you've been working, you know, I've, I've seen people online do this, you know, you've got like, a, a, whether it's a master class that you're teaching people like, hey, you were an accountant for 20 years, and you're like, hey, here's some really great ways to save, I want to walk you through all the different things and how you set it up, here's a class, I'll talk about these things all the time, but you can just do it at your own pace. And then people are buying that, that's actually earning revenue, you know, however often you're promoting it or what whatnot, but you're not having to go back and, and use the time to teach or whatnot, that's earning money for you. Now, there are other means like creating recurring streams of income for people who are subscribed to things that you've created, or products or services, or maybe you're investing money in real estate. I don't, I, I can't tell you what that is for you, but what I'm saying is think about how to create consistency for, um, around money so it can work for you and come in in a more predictable manner. Number four that he said, and I love this one, if you don't take the money, they can't tell you what to do. That's what Bill Cunningham said. If they pay you, they get to tell you what to do. Remember his words, money's the cheapest thing. Liberty, freedom is the most expensive. Some have wondered why I haven't at times taken on investor money or why I didn't you know, work corporate or a lot of other means and why I'd be willing to take the integrity route of building it my vision my own capacity without selling parts of it and then you know or maybe even co-branding with you know big brands that you know say hey we'll give you this money and then this is how you want to do it no thank you I don't need a boss um, but I do want to build great things with great people I'd ra much rather have my freedom and the responsibility that comes with that so why I'm bringing this up and why that point really hit me hard is because it's easier to know what you would do with the money when you are constantly not taking it. Because when you are constantly building your way, your vision, you are in the details, my friend. 
And when you're in the details, you know what you would do with um, money as you make more of it or as it comes to you, however it comes to you, right? But I'm not, and again, I'm not talking about investor money. What would you do with the money? You would know. You know more about what you would do with the money because of what you said no to. That's the point I wanted to make. Another point from Ryan Holiday, learning is priceless. There isn't really much more I have to say than that. What we do with the money, learn ahead of time. Learn. Learn learn everything that you need to know about what do you need now? How are you doing with things now? What do you need to learn for later? Should you plan for later? If you know where things are going, and you and I know you can say, I don't know where they're going, make it so. Where would you like it to go? And if you know where you would like it to go, how are you operating today? How are you learning today? And what do you need to learn for tomorrow? Point six, I've had the privilege of talking to many, many extremely wealthy people. They are not that rare. Rare is the one who actually likes what they do for a living. For instance, half the ones I meet all seem like they'd rather be writing books for some crazy reason. Rarest is the one you'd want to trade places with. There is not much more I have to say about that. Um, Wealth is a beautiful thing. Like what you do for a living and learn how you can build wealth from that. And in my opinion, if you like what you do for a living, you are already wealthy. It's just a matter of how vast do you want to grow what you like that you are doing for a living, which again would pose the questions, what would you do with the money? How would you, so, and again, this is almost like a rhetorical question in a way, or it's not so much that it's rhetorical, I should say that, but like, it's posing the question to you because it helps you think about if you love what you're doing for a living and you want to see it go further, what would you add to it? What would you change? What do you need? What are you working towards even within the business? Like, for example, um, I know right now there's not really much difference in my media company of what I would need. There's a few things that might be related to some technology, um, the studio setup, if you will, and uh, maybe some assistance, uh, some additional assistance, right, on a monthly basis. Okay, and then I know what that would actually cost, so I actually know my numbers then, and that's uh, mini goals of working for, like, oh, I know as more comes in where it's going to go as I, you know, um, budget for it. Like, that's a good feeling to have because you you have an idea of how you would expand what you're already doing. And then you can also think of, it, it helps you tie to other goals of like, oh, okay, like I now know um, how I want more to come in and where it's going to go, et cetera. And you're molding and shaping, right? Number seven, be responsible. I have a life insurance policy. I have money saved. If something happens to me, people I care about will be taken care of. What will you do with the money? How will it, what, how will you be responsible with it and where it will go after you? And then I love what you said right here. The very next line was number eight, but not too responsible. The reason they will be taken care of and, and that I feel creatively and professionally satisfied is that I have taken a lot of risks. He said, I dropped out of college. This gave me a two-year head start on a lot of people. I left a good job. A bit off, a bit off, I bit off more than I could chew many times. Why could I take those risks? Because I had been responsible. I had money saved. I knew what was important to me. I had built a support network. I eliminated the tiny risks so I could take the right ones. If you cover your bases, then you can afford to bet on yourself. He is so right. I'm going to tell you that right now. There were times that I I loved what I do. I love the digital side of me and knowing how to do all of the um, 
everything like within digital. I mean, I've, I've been around it at all. I've seen it all. I, I love it. And um, I love doing it for a lot of other companies and brands and people. But that also helped bring more to me at some point that I could then say, okay, how do I be responsible? Like there's more I want to bet on myself and more I want to do for me. You know, so you can you can take on risks over time. You just can't always be in a rush because you might miss a step or two, right? Um, number nine, the best decision I ever made was taking a pay cut to write the obstacles the way. Less than half of what I got for my first book. I knew it was what I wanted to write. I thought it could sell. I had my day job. It still seemed like a ton of money to me. Sometimes you have to take a step back to go forward. I talk about this all the time. Sometimes you are taking a step back. I know that the money might be good in your job, but maybe there's something a little bit more of the calling. And, you know, and I, I've done this so many times. I'm going to tell you that right now. And even within my own work that I like to do, uh, when I said like to do, meaning like, like when I talk about like, like maybe like my digital agency, right? But I also, I have this massive calling for this work, for my work, for the book I'm writing, for the things that I'm creating right now. And they are the... They are attached to the purpose and I'm all in. You have to be willing to take a step out of one thing to get into, you know, further along later on for where you want to go. Number 10, but if I am content with what I have, won't I stop getting better? And this is the point I wanted to say earlier, you know, about the enough. He says, no, we play better with house money, feel better too. Because when you are earning it and you are at least how I interpret it, when you're earning it and you've been creative about it and you know how you're using it and you have more of the control over it because of you making your own decisions and you didn't take other people's money, but you used yours and you created yours and you have your house money. You're constantly learning how to manage it and build from there. You're, you're never, you're never not getting better. We are, as long as we wake up every single day, we have a job to do our best self. Number 11, anticipate the fact that maintaining discipline is hard. Automate. I'm always amazed when I check the balances of accounts where we've set up automatic transfers for investing for our kids' college, for our emergency reserves. Things I set up a long time ago have been doing their job, a far better job that I would have done had I put it on my monthly to-do list. I'm not going to say much more about that. That in itself is, and how would you know that? By learning. What will you do with the money? Well, you would automate certain things to um, take off your plate while also doing it better than you because maybe you wouldn't do it otherwise. Number 12, they say that if you think professionals are expensive, try hiring an amateur. This is true in the sense that being cheap or looking for a bargain on services has come back to bite me many times. However, I have also been disappointed with how many professionals are actually amateurs. Sometimes if you want a thing done well, you have to do it yourself. It's very rare that you'll just be able to hand stuff off and don't be fooled by high-priced experts and consultants. He's 100% true. And it's so fascinating because I've seen a lot of high-priced agencies, high-priced services, and their delivery is mediocre. You know, now it depends. I get it. Sometimes the problem can be the client for sure. Like sometimes getting the project across the finish line, it depends on who's at, you know, whatever. That's not really what I'm talking about. But I've seen in the corporate world, especially fancy agencies, which usually um, take your money and then give it to a junior person who's, you know, not really good at design or as good at design yet because whatever. So think about it like that. Um, and more importantly, the part about where he says, if you want a thing done well, you have to do it yourself. In the beginning, you do. I'm sorry. I agree with that. I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. When you do it yourself, what happens is you're just getting your footing on all of the, the, the infrastructure and structural foundation of how it needs to be done. But just like with money, 
what will you do with the money? Will you know who and how you would hire to help you with that thing that, you know, they're better at it because that's their focus, but you know how to check their work. You know how to be involved in it. Um, not micromanage, but you know how to, you know what you want. You know, they say you can't delegate what you don't understand. That's why you have to start off doing the work yourself. And the last point from his 31 that uh, obviously there's 31. I only took about 12, 13 of them. If it makes you a worse person, parent, neighbor, writer, whatever, it's not success. If starting a business makes you a worse person, if it stresses you out, if it tears your relationships apart, if it makes you bitter or frustrated with people, then it doesn't matter how much money it makes or external praise it receives. It's not successful. Um, you know, I agree with all of that. The only part where he says, if it stresses you out, uh, you know, doing your own thing can sometimes be very stressful. It can be. So I want to show a little bit of grace there. Um, make sure you have just grace with yourself. Um, you, but I get his finer point is, you don't want to, it's not about the money or the external praise that it receives or that if it makes you a worse person overall. Um, these, these things are something to, to consider when it comes to money, right? So um, the fundamental overarching question to wrap up this episode, what will you do with the money? It's great to want money. What will you do with it? It's great to want to earn more money. What will you do with it? It's great to want freedom and time and all that stuff. That's happening now. Not necessarily with the money. Will the money add? Yeah, time, automation, service, people helping. Sure, absolutely. Freedom, well, you know, because you can invest more in the things that you're already doing. Yeah, sure, absolutely. But the feelings are free and they need to be channeled now. Some of the questions I pose at the top of the hour of this episode, I want you to ask yourself that, you know, think about it. How would you like to earn? How are you earning now? How would you like to earn more? What would you do with the money? What are, what are things you don't know that you would like to learn more of? You know, um, what, what are great ways to save and invest that work for you? What are other avenues out there? And if you can treat that like you would treat your body, like you treat your relationships, like you treat like everything else, you'd realize that it's just a journey of understanding and learning. Forever a student, always a teacher, right? So on that, I appreciate you guys. This one went a little bit longer. There was a lot going on in here. I'll probably carve out a bunch more episodes on this, but I appreciate you guys. Please leave a written review on Apple and a five-star review. I appreciate you guys so much. And until next episode, I'm out. All right, that's it. We'll stop there for right now. I hope you found this helpful and applicable in some way. I want you to remember, you do not need to fit in, and you certainly do not need to fit into some category or title nor be put into some box. The niche is you. It always has been. Please share this with a friend and be sure to leave a rating and review. Your feedback means everything to me. And also, thank you for listening and supporting me. If you're new and you want to receive these the moment they come out, please text me 480-530-7352. Text me podcast. I promise to only send you the good stuff. Thank you. And until next time, I'm out.